G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, we always like to get the week underway with an assessment of what's been happening over the weekend and what's on the agenda for the week ahead when it comes to politics. Well, Dan Flynn, the Victorian Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, is joining us. Hello, Dan. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. How are you going? Very well, thanks, Dan. You know, it's been a significant weekend. There's some big news that's breaking around the world. Uh, but let's focus on a, a few things closer to home and some of the things that you've been monitoring along uh, with uh, the idea of uh, of keeping on top of these issues, informing us about what's happening politically. And I know that in New South Wales and in Victoria, there are developments when it comes to this issue of euthanasia. Uh, what's been happening? There's a bill proposed for New South Wales uh, for euthanasia. Really, it's assisted suicide. Let's call it what it is. Uh, There is a debate to be held on Wednesday in Tasmania on this issue uh, with what I'm told is a very loosely worded bill. And, of course, the drums are beating uh, because uh, the debate for euthanasia uh, is up in Victoria later this year. uh, And uh, the ministerial advisory panel has just delivered its interim report last Thursday. So um, uh, plenty of documents for us to examine, plenty of MPs to talk to and plenty of people to engage about this dangerous practice. From what I understand uh, in that draft bill in New South Wales, it would give a person over the age of 25 the right to request assistance from a medical practitioner to end their life. And of course, it all looks very formal and there are steps to be taken from medical practitioners to specialists, psychologists and psychiatrists. Everybody seems to be in there. But but it does certainly water down and weaken this idea that we enjoy at the present time of not having euthanasia and having the value being placed on the life of the human being. Uh, your thoughts, Dan, on, on just how these sorts of bills tend to chip away and weaken the ideas that we understand and those things that we hold uh, are very uh, close to our, our hearts, that, uh, that human beings are very valuable. Look, absolutely right. And it's the, it's the formal nature of the language. It's the, uh, the language that seeks to hide the realities of what is happening. And so this is presented in a very sanitised way and assisted suicide is made to appear like, uh, like a public good. But the truth of the matter is that um, uh, what uh, these parliaments uh, across the nation are now being asked to consider is whether we should in fact promote suicide uh, for people who are older than 25, older than 18 here in Victoria. So you could potentially have one website which is all about suicide prevention, which is what it should be about, and another one about suicide promotion for people who are terminally ill. And, you know, as we know, there's a a blurred line between terminal illness and disability. Um, There are all sorts of um, people who say their pain is as as, uh, significant as somebody at the end of their life. Um, Why can't they have this assisted suicide? So if we go down this path, if any of these bills pass, um, we are going to fundamentally change 
uh, the conversations that doctors have with their patients, and it's very concerning. Dan, just recently in South Australia, there was a bill that was very, very narrowly voted down. Uh, when it comes to Victoria, when it comes to New South Wales, uh, on the balance of, uh, of who votes for what, uh, what are the likelihood of, of these sorts of bills getting up in one of those states? Look, it's, a, it's going to be very close. Uh, things are going to be very close in Victoria. Uh, Tasmania, we'll know about this Wednesday. Uh, and my colleague Mark Brown in Tasmania is working very hard uh, with the MPs down there to assess the numbers. Um, but what we need is people who might ordinarily um, be uh, perhaps left-wing to say, look, this is just simply not acceptable. There are, there are many people in the Labor Party for whom um, euthanasia and assisted suicide is simply wrong, um, and uh, we'll stand up for that. And in South Australia, Neil... Um, Many members of the Labor Party said, I will not vote for this bill or any bill um, because I value life. And we need courageous people you know, in both the Liberal Party and the Labor Party to stand up against this. Uh, let's turn a little attention to big news internationally. And, of course, it affects relationships here in Australia. Uh, but Donald Trump addressed Muslim leaders in Saudi Arabia uh, overnight or uh, earlier today. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the sorts of things that he was uh, telling those Muslim leaders, uh, Dan? I, I thought uh, Donald Trump was very courageous by making statements like um, get these extremists out of your places of worship, get these extremists out of your community. Uh, he is making great common sense on the international stage. I think he is representing uh, the West uh, quite well in this regard. And the Saudis are sitting up and listening. Uh, and, um, you know, the Middle East is sitting up and listening. Um, he's making the point it's not about one religion versus another um, or one ethnic group versus another. So we've, we've definitely seen a trimming down on his pre-election rhetoric uh, to more palatable language. Um, but his point remains the same. Um, remove these extremists from your place of worship. Uh, and I think that's resonating well and being, in fact, echoed by these Saudi leaders in their speeches. So it's a good thing. OK, there'll be plenty more to say, no doubt, about that perhaps through the week. Uh, let's uh, draw some attention to uh, one of those issues that has come to light over the weekend uh, where Pauline Hanson's Chief of Staff, James Ashby, has been accused of ripping off One Nation hopefuls after he was recorded allegedly telling party members that they could sell campaign items to Queensland state candidates at inflated prices. Uh, how significant is an accusation like that in your mind, Dan Flynn? It's a very significant accusation, and of course we've got to remember that it is an accusation only, but um, uh, if it were to be true where you've got a political party machine wanting to make significant profits off um, candidates, uh, people who uh, are idealistic, they want to run for parliament, uh, and if they are being fleeced uh, to prop up the uh, party machine, they don't know about this um, because there's inflated prices for core flutes and uh, basic advertising items. That's very concerning, and I think it um, goes to the health of our entire political process that... Um, Running for office is one of the most noble things that a citizen can do. There needs to be um, transparency about that and uh, their, uh, their nobility, uh, their virtue should not be taken advantage of by 
uh, people who may be very cynical within the party machine. I'm not accusing James Aspie of that, but if stories like this are true in any party, uh, they're very concerning. I imagine that the issue of transparency comes into uh, the light here because we expect political parties to be transparent. Uh, this one, you know, potentially could backfire within the uh, One Nation Party, but transparency here is a significant issue, Dan. Well, well absolutely. Um, and uh, transparency as to donations, as to funding, as to, um, you know, the, the use of the aircraft and so forth is very important. Um, because uh, our democracy uh, is maintained if it's uh, transparent, as you say, uh, if it's uh, uh, clean. If we have operatives who are able to uh, operate without scrutiny uh, inside uh, the leadership of political parties, we, we have great concern. And the effect of this may be that candidates will be less likely to put their hand up. Um, uh, we already know that they'll be subject to great public and media scrut scrutiny, uh, to uh, have the added burden of being ripped off by their political party uh, will be too much for most, um, you know, uh, most householders, most citizens to bear and, and uh, want to withdraw from the process. And, you know, then the only people who make a headway uh, are the cynical. And that's exactly what we don't want, Neil. So I'm glad that a light has been shone on this. It's, it is only allegations. Let's make sure it doesn't exist in one nation or in any other party. Okay, and let's draw attention to, to uh, other agenda items that the government might be facing this week, the federal government. Of course, uh, the budget, uh, now a couple of weeks old in the sense of uh, when it was handed down, but uh, the work of selling that budget continues, and uh, there are all sorts of challenges. Uh, and, of course, the government now faced with getting uh, those $14 billion in key measures through the Senate, uh, but not everybody in the Senate is... Uh, very excited about that and likely to be some sort of a Senate blockade. Have you been following along any of those uh, those developments? This, this I would say, Neil, look, the housing affordability, um, you know, is fundamental uh, for Australians, for aspiring Australians. Um, the, the budget's been a big effort to achieve, um, you know, some levelling of the um, rapid increase in prices in capital cities uh, and certainly the Treasurer's uh, to be applauded for making these efforts. Now, as you say, the selling uh, process continues, uh, getting the crossbench across the line. There'll be some trade-offs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I'll, going back to our earlier point, Neil, I think a lot of this is about transparency. If deals are done, um, I think the Australian public deserves to know what is the trade-off for a crossbench support for a particular measure, say, relating to uh, investment property um, or various taxes. So, um, yes, we see a sales pitch. We are going to see negotiations. I just think it's important we see those negotiations uh, so that people feel like um, uh, they're taken on the journey and they can understand why certain outcomes have been reached or why certain measures fail. And just quickly, a little aside, because there are noises in the corridors of power about uh, leadership speculation on the Labor side of politics. Uh, Anthony Albanese uh, uh, potentially making a move against Bill Shorten. There's quite a process, of course, in the Labor Party in order to change leaders. Uh, do you have any thoughts at all about uh, some of that speculation that's come to light over the weekend, uh, that Anthony Albanese may be preparing uh, for some sort of leadership challenge? Look, I, I think there's probably very um, little substance in it. 
Uh, these things uh, always happen if there's, um, you know, uh, some uh, sense of non-performance. There'll always be a sense of how um, how matters might be resolved. Um, but Neil, I think it's probably, um, you know, probably not prudent to comment on that. Uh, these things always bubble away, and I think it does point out that the leaders of both parties are in a competitive environment and for the Prime Minister and the opposition leader to maintain their leadership, they have to keep uh, being successful, they have to, have to keep delivering. And if they fail to do so, uh, there will be competitors ready to take their place and that's just a reality of Australian politics as we've seen. Well, Dan Flynn, always good getting your insights. Dan, the Victorian Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, I point people to the website for the Australian Christian Lobby. Simply Google Australian Christian Lobby and there you'll find a lot of comment and resources about the issues our nation is facing from a Christian and biblical perspective. Dan, thanks for your insights once again today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.